and boom goes the dynamite. Oh my goodness gracious. Week 11 is in the books in the NFL, and it was a wacky, wacky weekend. We got a lot of stuff to talk about here. It's the SoCo, the SoCo Sports Show, and uh, this is, of course, Coco Rabbit. I'm joined, as always, by Seth Ott. Hello. There we go. Uh, Seth was excited. His, his Vikings are coming off a big win on Sunday. We'll talk, we'll talk about that game and plenty more. Uh, and we're, we're just going to dive right into stuff. Uh, before we get into our game recaps, though, we got to start with, uh, with some Twitter action. And uh, I, think we're, I think we're going back to this well, if I remember right. I call you a punk. As we know, Iron Sheik, very much a sports guy. He loves his sports. He loves his football, especially. And uh, this week... Iron Sheik was watching some some football on Sunday, enjoying the action, and he just simply says, "The 49ers impressed me big time." <laughs> they uh they have been impressive over the last. You know what I like about Sheik when it comes to his sports takes? He keeps it real. He keeps it simple. He keeps it real simple. That's what I like. He calls you a punk. I call you a punk. I don't know how that synced up for you, but you said he calls you a punk at the same time he did in <laughs> yeah. my headphones. <laughs> yep, I did. Yep, exactly. Oh, that was crazy. Oh, hopefully that gets across to the listeners out there. Um, that's it for the Sheik. Let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! We have Mathis Designs. Find our good friend Steph on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Pee! And, of course, Mike's Wood. You can find Mike on Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfedandwed if you want to get your wood worked. <sighs> there you go. That, was, that sounded more like a deucer than anything else. <laughs> but, that's what uh, it's turning into now. Yeah, that was... Oh, that's nasty. That was, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed that one. Um, anyway, uh, one more uh, one more sponsor spot. Let's kick it over to previously recorded Coco Rabbit for a bit more. All right, thank you, previously recorded Coco Rabbit. Uh, don't forget, folks. Anchor is the place to go to leave us voicemail, uh, which you can do. And in fact, we're gonna next week on the show. We'll talk about this in a second, but we will definitely have some voicemail on next week's show. Um, but if you have a hot take you want to present, uh, if you want to talk shit about uh, about our picks. And the pigskin pick them. Uh, shoot us a voicemail, and you may hear your voice on a future episode of the Soko Show or the Soko Sports Show. Uh, also, shout out quickly to our contributors, Mike V, Jared B, and Fuck You, for uh, for their monthly contributions. If you want to become a contributor, head over to Anchor uh, via the link in the description box. Otherwise, just keep on sharing and clicking on this episode. Uh, that helps out a lot. So we really appreciate it. Click it. There you go. Click it, indeed. All right. Enough of that. Enough of the fluff. Enough of the fluff. Let's talk some fucking football. Here we go. That just happened. That just happened. All right. So Thursday night football from last week. Uh, the game itself was not particularly interesting, but uh, there was some some excitement afterwards. We saw Miles um, Garrett <laughs> swinging his helmet, <laughs> swinging Mason Rudolph's helmet back at his own head, um, and so that that caught the headlines here. And, you know, okay, before I get into it, let's talk about the stats. Because Baker Mayfield was pretty good in this game. He had 193 mm-hmm. yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Nick Chubb was the workhorse, though. 27 carries, 
and he had 92 yards. On The Steelers had no offense to speak of. Mason Rudolph threw mm. four interceptions. He did have one touchdown and 200 yards, but they just they couldn't do anything. Uh, final score was 21-7 to in favor of the Browns. Um, and you know what, Seth? Uh, on a weekend where the Browns go into Pittsburgh, or sorry, the Browns beat Pittsburgh for the first time in five seasons, uh, Baker Mayfield actually has a pretty good game and the Cleveland Browns defense shuts down the Steelers, we're not talking about any of that because loser, loser. loser behavior gets in the way of us talking about <laughs> football for the fucking Browns. They, again, they win, but they're still losers, and this stuff is going to continue. Now their best defensive player probably is going to be out for this season and probably more, um, and here's a Browns team that, you know, they, they win this game, but they didn't do anything really to impress me. Mayfield has been taking care of the ball for these last couple weeks, but I still don't have any elevated of level of hope for these Browns. And I will say, too, I think we were, I, I was a week early uh, at getting on the Steelers bandwagon. They had, a, they had a handful, I think, four wins in a row. They were looking pretty impressive, specifically on defense. But that offense truly is limiting. And I don't see them as a playoff team because of that. Um, they're going to be in games for sure, but this Steelers team, I think neither of these teams we're going to be talking about in January. Yeah, this is a, this is a weird game, obviously with the with the helmet thing. Um, but uh, you know, regardless, I mean, the the Browns were were in control of this thing from from the beginning, and uh, you know they're still playing. I mentioned last week the the type of ball that they were playing well at the end of last year, and and have done so far uh, since they have come off the bye is that. They uh, are running the football well. Um, they're they're really sticking to the ground game, like you said. Uh, Nick Chubb had 27 carries. I'm, I think Kareem Hunt had uh, a handful, a few, a handful more as well, and he caught the ball. Uh, so they're using their running backs really well. Uh, Beckham had a deep deep catch in this game as well. Um, so you know, it, it seems like they're they're getting back to that style of football. You know, they did lose a big piece with Miles Garrett. Uh, he you know he really screwed over his team here, and so. Um, and, and he's, he has, he has really I, looking back on his clips, he's done this all season, this type of stuff where he's, he hit, hit, uh, he punched Delaney Walker in the, in the hel- in the head or helmet, uh, early in the season. He, he ended Trevor Simeon's season this, this year too, with the nasty tackle. Um, so he's just been kind of a, uh, you know, bully, but he's a good player too. So, um, it does hurt them on defense, but I, I still think that, uh, the Browns, if they stick to this type of football, and you just don't know what they're going to do because they're not coached well, but if they stick to that type of football, I think they got a shot to uh, sneak into a wild card spot potentially. Um, the Steelers, though, like you said, the offense is limiting. We don't know um, how many points they can score in a game, and and you know if the defense can't keep up with that, then um, they're going to have trouble winning games. Uh, having having no quarterback, especially having Mason Rudolph as your quarterback, is going to be a, a tough stretch. So. Um, we'll see maybe about the Browns, though. They could potentially sneak in. Yeah, both teams mathematically still in it. Browns, I think, definitely have a better shot because their schedule is very easy uh, in yeah. the second half. So we'll see. But do you think – I mean, we'll see what happens with wins and losses the rest of the season. But to me, it seems like Freddie Kitchens is already leaning out the door, or at least that the, Brown, yeah. the Browns are leaning him out the door, especially after the stuff with Garrett. Do you think he's going to get longer than the end of this season to coach them? Depends on how he finishes. Uh, like you said, with the easy schedule and um, you know potential for a, a playoff berth. You know, if he makes the playoffs, he's staying for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, th- I think that's that's a huge win. I mean, that'd be the first Browns playoff berth in probably forty years. Um, but uh, you know, he he has been kind of the same way. Like 
how Dan Quinn has been in Atlanta. Like he's fighting for his job now because mm-hmm. I do think if, if Kitchens was uh, not performing well now and, and you know, if, if he would have ended the season, you know, four, um, four and 12 or something, you know, around that, around that area, I think he probably would have been fired. Um, but uh, now he's, you know, he's, he's got a shot to, to keep his job for at least another year. Um, we'll talk about Dan Quinn later, but that'll be more interesting. Yeah, Dolphins, Steelers, Bengals, Cardinals, Ravens, Bengals. That's the remaining schedule for the Browns. So there's some wins in so, there. But I think they're like if they go if they go in and get beat like get really beat by the Dolphins, I think that's Freddie Kitchen's last day. Like he's he's that he's I, that close to being fired in my opinion. But I think I think they're going to bang off a few wins here. Yeah. Um it's and you you hear that like the toughest ones on that are probably I mean obviously the Ravens, but um, I think the Cardinals are a tough team. We'll talk about them yeah. too, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Man. They could they could be a tough team. I think so. That's why they're uh, well. That's why they're one of coast teams. Um, the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, we announced them as a coast team last week. Oh, oh, we announced them as coast team. <laughs> yeah, that's we we in the uh, we in the coast team. You know, it's a, it's a committee, and we get together and and we vote and we say, okay, is this a coast team? Um, and last week we got together and someone asked about the Cardinals and I said, yes. So we'll come back to them. <laughs> I should Jesus. say too, um, it was an ugly week in pigskin pick them for you and I, um, yeah. but, uh, but a pretty good week. And, um, we have, we, you and I were beat. So we have, we, we will be announcing. Well, we'll do you this. were last. I was third. Oh, well, we still both got beat. And, um, well, uh, <laughs> We we gotta talk about the order here. I think. I don't know uh, that we need to. If you ain't first, you're last, Seth. Um, so we will announce the winner of this week's pigskin pick'em after we recap the games. Um, but uh, Cleveland, Cleveland was uh, was the winner in the the Thursday night game. Uh, let's head over to Sunday, where the games got pretty interesting. Here, uh, we're gonna start in Carolina. The Panthers surprise losers by a score of twenty nine to three. To the Atlanta Falcons, Seth, you talked about Dan Quinn playing for, or, you know, uh, fighting for his job, and it seems like the team got that memo. Uh, Matt Ryan had 300 yards and a touchdown here. They didn't get a ton from the ground game, but uh, Calvin Ridley was a big time receiver here. Eight catches, 143 yards and a touchdown. Julio Jones had 91 yards as well, and the Panthers were awful in this game. Kyle Allen had 300 yards because they were behind the whole game, but he had four picks. Uh, they got McCaffrey involved. He had 190 yards total on 25 uh, touches. So McCaffrey always gets his. But 29 to three here. Carolina loses. This is their second ugly loss uh, in the past, I think, three weeks. And they fall to five and five. So they're they're a stretch now at this point. They're gonna need some help to get back into the playoff picture. Uh, but this Atlanta team, they improved to three and seven. Nobody, nobody has any illusions that they're a playoff team, but they've been playing tough. They're getting after the quarterback in a major way. They were all over Allen in this game. Uh, and for some reason, all of a sudden, this team that didn't make any structural moves is playing a lot better in the last couple weeks. This looks like the Falcons that we might have expected coming into the season, um, looking like a contender. Now, they've dug themselves probably too deep a hole, but you got to be encouraged by what you're seeing here. And it seems like they, they're, really, they're really trying to keep Dan Quinn around. Yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, I think, uh, like you said, the biggest thing that I noticed from wa- from watching the the clips of this one is that um, they are 
getting after the quarterback quite a bit. They had quite a few sacks. Uh, we see guys like uh, Adrian Claiborne and Vic Beasley Jr. Uh, they're getting they're they're getting involved again, and uh, those two are, are really good at uh, rushing the the quarterback. But um, they haven't been super effective this year until the last few games. So um, you know they, they must Dan Quinn must be calling up more blitzes or you know whatever it may be because uh, he, he's really just going for it now. And I think that's probably what he's doing. He's probably just saying you know what screw it. Uh, let's go for it. So, um, yeah, I, it's good to see for the Falcons and, and, you know, potentially for Dan Quinn, because I do think Dan Quinn is a is a good coach, especially mm-hmm. on defense. Um, you know, he, he was the coordinator for many of the years of the Legion of Legion to Doom or Boom or whatever the hell they were, um, the Seahawks. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I mean, he and he, he did improve, uh, you know, the defense. I mean, that was a big reason why they got to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago is that they had a much better defense at that time. So um, I think he's a good coach. They, they just kind of had some bad circumstances. So we'll see about them. The Panthers, they're an interesting team. Like, you know, they, they were playing really, like, really sharp for a while. And then Kyle Allen, um, even he's played well up to this point. And then he had a bad game. He was getting hit all game. Um they just didn't get much going here, and the defense hasn't played as well uh, in the past as they have in the past either. So um, they they're probably still a few steps away. Obviously, um, personally, I was happy to see them lose in terms of the wild card positioning for the Vikes. But um, you know, I, I I do like that team. I think for the future, I think they're still set up in a good spot. Uh, same thing for the Falcons, depending uh, depending on what they get for some pieces in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think Carolina, they're going to be on the lookout for quarterback. And I think they're one of the really great, if I'm a quarterback, that's a team that I would love to go to over the next offseason. And I think that um, they're going to be one of the hot spots, uh, whether it's a draft pick or a trade target or free agency. Uh, someone's going to get themselves a good job in Carolina. So that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on in the offseason. Um, let's go forward to Miami. So you and I got cute with the picks here, um, Seth, and we, we took Miami plus a bunch of points. Um, but the Bills did cover this game. Actually, the points weren't a ton. I think it was a touchdown, now that I think about it. It was five and a half, yeah. Not enough points uh, is what Miami got. They lose to the Bills 20-37. to 37. And, you know, the, the Dolphins continue to play hard. Uh, they continue to put up points, really. Uh, Fitzpatrick had 300 yards in this one. They had a couple rushing touchdowns, uh, even though they didn't have a lot of yards. And Devontae Parker has been really – playing well over the last month Mm -hmm. he has 135 yards in this one Um, but I think the story of this game is is probably Josh Allen he had 250 yards three touchdowns passing and then had an additional 50 yards and a touchdown on the ground so Allen was good this is this is what you hope to get out of Josh Allen granted it's against Miami but the Bills did what they what they we've been criticizing them for not being able to do all season and that's put up a bunch of points and Mm -hmm. and and you know um uh, win by a lot, you know, even shit teams they've been beating just in close games. So uh, the Bills team, it seems like every other week I have faith in them and I don't have faith in them. And I still don't, if if you ask me to put money on it today, I don't think this is a playoff team. I think they have a couple losses left. And I think you have a couple of wild card teams kind of coming up behind them. But, um, you know, they continue to win. They get to seven and three. Uh, it's their spot to lose right now. And Josh Allen, if he continues to play this well, uh, I think he'll get him there. I don't think they have a lot of playoff wins, um, but they're certainly going to be a tough place to play. Or they're not going to—they're not going to have a home game if they're a wild card. But they're going to be a tough <laughs> out in January uh, if you got to play in the cold against this defense. Um, so the defense does what it always does. Josh Allen played better than he has. Where? Okay, so between like 
the shit bills we saw a couple weeks ago and these seemingly very good bills, uh, I'm, we got to be somewhere in the middle here, or do you believe in either one of those two versions? See, I I don't know with, with the bills because, like, yeah, the defense did what it needed to do, but it still gave up 20 points. And, you know, like, that's... 20 points is is not a great deal. It's in a fine def- you know that that's a fine day for a defense, but earlier this season when the Bills were on their initial run, they were giving up like 12 points a game. They were barely giving up points and the offense um you know didn't need to score a lot of points then. Um now offense obviously didn't need to score 37 points in this game, but like the defense also shouldn't be both of these games against the Bills or excuse me the Dolphins, they've given up I think at least 20 points or more and yeah, the Dolphins have been, you know, fine on offense this year, but they're not a great offense. They have two players, so like two actual good players. So, you know, I, I, and in the Bills' defense in general has just not played well the last few weeks. So I'm with with the Bills. It probably is somewhere in between. But like we we have seen the Bills can put up points, but it's inconsistent. Like you said, it's all, it's all on Josh Allen. And if Josh Allen's not having a good game, if he can't, if, if, if he has to rely on completely on his arm, then that's an issue because he's inconsistent with his throwing. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I would, I don't think the bills are leg, a legitimate contender at this point, unless they, you know, get into a cold weather, um, you know, snowy type football game where they just run the ball. Cause they can run the ball well between Allen and um, Singletary too. So uh, if they they can run the ball, control the clock, and keep it a low scoring game like they did earlier this season, then they have a shot. But you know, if they have to play a higher caliber team, I don't see them being a real threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in agreement there. Um, let's take a look at a, a team that I think um, is well. I don't know. I think the jury's still out on this team, but a lot of people think they are a real threat, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they go to Detroit and get a win uh, by a score of thirty five to twenty seven. So this game was closer than you know than you might have expected for the Cowboys because Detroit Lions started Jeff Driscoll in this game and he played well, 200 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he also had 50 yards and a score on the ground. And some guy named Bo Scarborough was the lead rusher for Detroit because they they keep having guys hurt. He had 50 yards and a score. Um, but for the Cowboys, Dak, I mean, this was a Dak day, 444 yards, three touchdowns. Dak now leads the league in passing yards. Uh, Elliott only had 45 yards. Uh, he had a score on the ground and then had one uh, on a reception as well. So this Cowboys offense was clicking. I watched a lot of this game, and they're getting chunk plays. It seems like every other play is big yardage. And they're getting down the field with Cooper and with Michael Gallup and with uh, Randall Cobb, for that matter. Uh, they got a lot out of the receiving core in this game. And, you know, I think the Cowboys, it's a lack of consistency, I think, that finds them at 6-4. and four, But this seems like a real team. And Dak, to me, this is the best I might have seen Dak. Like, he's hitting all these throws um, in this game. Uh, I was really impressed with what I saw. Now, it was against Detroit. And Detroit lost its uh, top, uh, I believe, lost their top corner in this game. So, uh, you know, not the not the best offense to be this example, but uh, I I do like the Cowboys. They're still my favorites to win that NFC East. Uh, I don't know that they're a Super Bowl contender. I don't put them up there with, uh, you know, with the Niners and Seahawks right now. But uh, but I liked what I saw out of this Dallas out of this Dallas game. It wasn't a huge spread here, but um, Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> the Cowboys. <laughs> They didn't win by a huge margin, but they they won and they did it on the road, and I think it was an impressive win. 
I think the issue with the Cowboys is going to be their defense. Um, they have gone from early on the season being a pretty dominant defense to uh, the last three or four weeks now. Um, they've they've been really not good against the pass and been average against the run. So, you know, they they've kind of they've kind of fallen off on the on the defensive side of things, and maybe part of that's due to uh, the Cowboys putting up more points. They're just on the field more. You know, I don't know, but um, you know, it does it does worry me that. Uh, a backup quarterback in uh, Jeff Driscoll, who has played well. Like, I was really impressed with what he was doing. He was making some throws, <laughs> and he was on the move. You right. never see that from Stafford, yeah. so it probably wasn't in the Dallas game plan to account for that. But uh, he, right. was, he was moving and shaking. But even so, I mean, the, 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 the Lions are down. They're starting quarterback and starting running back. So, like, they, the Lions are kind of depleted a, a bit, and for for you know them to put up you know as many points as they did against Dallas that that does worry me um and then Zeke hasn't really been super effective this year especially you know on the ground he's he's been okay but he hasn't put up Zeke like numbers um I think they really need especially down the stretch that they, they need to get him going um to and I know Dax played well but you know how much can you rely on him at this point you just the, the, I think the big thing is that teams are stacking the box against Zeke right now and and um, I, I just don't know how that's going to go for them down the stretch either. So they're kind of, Dallas is kind of a weird team to me. I think they'll win the division. I just don't know what they'll do come playoff time. I think they'll, they might even be like a, you know, round one out type of thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm hearing a lot this week that Dak with his big game has squeezed his way back into the MVP conversation. Uh, are you ready to include him in that group? No, I think the, the other ones are, uh, in in Lamar Jackson and and uh, Russell Wilson, I think they're they're having a much more much more MVP like season than Dak. I think there's just a lot around Dak, whereas like those two guys are doing a lot on their own. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm in agreement. I think there's a big gap between Jackson and Wilson, and then maybe Dak is third, but I think it's a wide margin. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, you've been wanting to talk about it, I'm sure. Uh, your Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> they wind up winning the home game 27-23. They were down 20-0 to at halftime. They're the first team in five years to come back from that deficit and win the game. Uh, they did it in front of the Minnesota fans, which I'm sure, sure was crazy fucking loud. Uh, it always is there. Kirk Cousins was 300 yards, three touchdowns, another really great game for him. And he was 29 of 35. He's, uh, he's completing over 70% of his passes this season, so he's been efficient. Uh, mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook didn't have a whole lot to say here. He had 26 yards rushing and a touchdown, and then 31 yards through the air. Stephon Diggs, though, was the leading receiver with 121 yards and a touchdown. A lot of that was on a single play. Uh, on the Broncos side of things, Brandon Allen played well for a while, um, but not not in the second half. So he finished with 240 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. And uh, Philip Lindsay was the lead rusher with 67 yards. Cortland Sutton, who's having himself a pretty nice little year, uh, he had 113 mm-hmm. yards through the air uh, receiving. So, yeah, Denver gets out to a nice lead here, but, you know, law of averages says that the Vikings are just a better team than the Broncos. The Broncos <laughs> just didn't have – they just didn't have enough time, uh, you know, to, to squeeze this one out. But over the course they had, of 60 minutes – They had minutes, too much time. <laughs> yeah. they Yeah, too much time. You know, it's like if I if I give – if I gave uh, Usain Bolt – uh, you know, a 30 meter, if I got a 30 meter head start, that's not enough. And, <laughs> and if I'm the Broncos right. and I have a 20 to 20 to zero head start on the Vikings, it's just not enough. Um, <laughs> cousins, cousins did a lot in this game to bring him back. Kudos to him. 
Uh, it seems like after some early season struggles and some uncertainty there, he's he's cemented himself back in to that starting quarterback role, and I think I think the Vikings are comfortable with that. Um, so on a day where you know the game flow kind of took Cook out of it, uh, this was a lot on Cousins' shoulders, and and he delivered here. Vikings get to eight and three. Uh, they're still uh, still in that second wild card spot with a two game gap between them and and the Rams. So uh, you got to be pretty happy with your Vikes. It started off pretty nasty. It could have been really bad, <laughs> but uh, but they got the win here. Yeah, this looked like a classic uh, underestimation by the Vikings, which happened just a year ago against the Bills. Um, but uh, no, yeah, it, they, uh, they 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 came back, and I don't. I mean, I don't even say they came back. I say Kirk Cousins came back in this one. He he really in the second half put this one on his shoulders and and brought him back, and uh, it was impressive because like even in the first half. Like he didn't have a ton of yards, but he was efficient. Didn't turn the ball over. He just, you know, they just they couldn't get the run game going. And so the second half, he just kind of came out there, took the took the game in his hands, and and won it. Um, the defense was super poor uh, the first half, and then the second half they played much better. They got pressure on Brandon Allen, and and uh, they only allowed three points in the second half. So that was good to see. I, I hope that that defense continues over. Um, they they need something because. Yeah, this game once again, Rhodes got burnt multiple times. He did not look good. Um, they had to bring in some other guys. The, the guy who won the guy, the game is a he's a second stringer. He's a backup. Uh, J. Ron Curse. He he was in there uh, three or four times with some huge plays. So um, maybe they need to switch things up. I have no idea. But they uh, they played much better in the second half. So overall, it was. I mean, this is not something I texted you. I, I, not something I. I believed when I saw it because uh, this is not that's not the type of of game the Vikings play is is the comeback like they once they're down they're usually out and especially that bad so for them to come back that was impressive to see especially from Kirk Cousins and like you said without Adam Thielen um, they got Kyle Rudolph back involved and the they got a rookie tight end Irv Smith who's playing well so um, it's kind of like next man up for them right now which is which is great they're they're not letting adversity get them down like they have in the past so mm-hmm. um you know it's good to see Kirk Cousins play well I'm, I'm happy to see it so absolutely uh Vikings go on by next week five games to go uh Seahawks Lions Chargers Packers Bears so a couple tough matchups in there that Monday night football game Seahawks and Vikings in two weeks is that's uh I'm circling that one on my calendar I'll be watching that one for sure um, and then uh, a few weeks later it's Monday night against uh the Packers too oh, so got, some good got a couple Got got a couple good Monday nights coming up for for Minnesota. Some nerve wracking ones for me probably, um, but uh, <laughs> but some fun ones probably. Yeah, Vikes in control of their own destiny with five five games left to play. Uh, they could play themselves right into the playoffs if they decide to. So we'll see what they do down the stretch here uh, after taking a break this week. Let's go to Indianapolis. The Colts got back on track this week with a thirty three to thirteen win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Colts get to six and four. And they are back in first place in their division, I believe. Um, Jacoby Brissett was back in this game. Uh, he had 148 yards and a touchdown, also had an interception. But they had two 100-yard rushers on the Colts. Jonathan Williams had 116 yards, and Marlon Mack had 109 and a touchdown. So Colts did it on the ground, and we've known that this team was capable of this because they have an incredible offensive line, but they ran right the fuck over the Jacksonville team. Uh, Nick Foles was back in this one. He had 296 yards, two touchdowns, did throw a pick, but they got nothing from the running game. They had less than 30 yards rushing. Um, DJ Chark, another one of these guys, I mentioned Cortland Sutton a second ago, very quietly, DJ Chark is having an excellent season. 
Um, mm-hmm. got a number of touchdowns. He's one of the top receiving yardage leaders too. Um, so this Jacksonville team has some stuff to be excited about for the future, but for the Colts, uh, good for them back on track to six and four. Uh, you know, they're at the top of that division right now, still get to play, uh, against Houston again. So they're certainly not out of the woods, but, uh, with Brissett back and healthy, you got to think this team is going to be, they're going to be in it up until week 17, uh, working their way into the playoffs. Yeah, it was good to see. I know Brissett didn't have a ton of yardage, but um, you know some of the throws he made looked really good. And he, uh, um, you know, he's he's getting back healthy and he's moving around pretty well too. So uh, good to see for Brissett. Uh, good they have him back, and hopefully he can stay healthy and keep his momentum going into uh, the last the last stretch of the season. Um, I do like the Colts as a you know potential wild card team there. But uh, yeah, the, the Jaguars. Um, yeah, I, I'm I've never I've. I've, I've, I've said many times before, I'm not a big fan of Nick Foles. Um, you know, I know he's just getting back into it, his first game back and everything like that. Um, I just don't know how successful the Jaguars are going to be with him. And I, I don't really think they have a shot this year. Um, I personally would have just kept Minshew in at this point, uh, you know, if, if they're out of it. So, uh, just to see what they got, but, um, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll see with them. I, I don't know how much their defense has gotten worse. Um, they got a good, re- great running game with Fournette, but, um, with his style of football, how many years do you have him? He's just a, he's a, you know, a beast. He runs over people and, um, you know, how many years do you have great football out of that guy? He's a huge dude. So, um, I don't know. We, we'll, we'll see with the Jaguars. Yeah, Jags are four and six, still mathematically in the hunt. Uh, same record as as Cleveland, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm not a huge believer. Uh, we'll see though. They'll have their chances uh, coming down the stretch here with seven games or six games to go. Let's go to a game. I watched almost every snap of this game: uh, Tampa Bay and the Saints. And uh, this game wasn't as close as I hoped it would be, but it was still a pretty entertaining watch. Uh, the Saints really get back on track after their loss last week to Atlanta. Drew Brees had 228 yards, three touchdowns on 80% completion rating. Um, Alvin Kamara, this is Kamara back to what we expected. He's been hurt for about a month, and last week they used him sparingly, but he had 75 yards rushing and 47 yards uh, receiving on 10 catches. So he's back over 100, 100 yards from scrimmage. Michael Thomas continues his historic pace. He's over 90 catches, and... Uh, he had 114 yards and a touchdown in this one. He's he's had 90 yards in every single game this season. Uh, he's <laughs> he's he's consistent excellence. Um, I think if there's a if there's an award that goes out to the best wide receiver in football, he should they should already give it to him um, mm-hmm. based on these numbers. So Saints offense definitely back on track. The defense played really well uh, against the Bucks as well. They held Winston. Um, well, I sh- they held him to 300 yards passing, but they were down the whole game. So that's, you know, he threw 51 times. Uh, Winston uh-huh. had two touchdowns, but he had four picks. And, you know, the, the ball hawks were out uh, for the Saints. Not a lot on the ground. Winston was actually the leading rusher with 23 yards. <laughs> and uh, Cameron Brait led the way in receiving with 73. So they're just there was not a lot of offense to go around. Uh, the Saints prevented the big play in this game and, and kept everything in tight close to Winston where he's known to throw picks. Uh, you know, if you keep him in the short and intermediate, that's what he's going to do. He's a turnover machine. So Bucks fall to three and seven. They're an afterthought in this division, but the saints, uh, you know, after the letdown this week, good to see them playing at an elite level again against a division foe on the road. So they're eight and two very much in the driver's seat in the NFC right now. Um, and you know, it looks like back to business as usual for New Orleans. Yep, I, I wasn't wasn't too concerned after coming off of last week, um, and 
maybe Atlanta's legit, but uh, you know, with with, uh, with the Saints, you know, they 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 have those games, like I said, and they got back on track. I wasn't surprised by this. Um, I think this game only furthers that Winston is not going to be the quarterback of the Bucks next year. Um, he did, like I said, he had four picks. Two of them were not his fault. I did see you had actually texted oh my God. me about two one. Two of them were the worst. Uh, yeah, there's two that were just definitely not his fault. Um, but then there's a couple others that were just terrible, terrible, right to the guy, easy picks. So, um, and not to mention he's he's a fumbler too. He didn't in the, didn't in this game, but he fumbles quite a bit. Um, he's just not he's not the, the 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 future of the Bucks. I don't think, or really any team, unfortunately. But um, yeah, the the Bucks they they are what they are. Terrible defense, uh, exciting offense when when they're playing well and clicking. Um, but they're I I think they're really a ways off as a as a team yeah the defense certainly has a long way to go but there's some weapons on this offense if i'm a if i'm a quarterback again one of these free agent quarterbacks tampa bay i think would be a decent place to land they're well coached um and they're these aren't the undisciplined uh, bucks of the past like even though winston turns it over a lot that's winston that's not the coaching um i think with uh with arians in there the right quarterback could go in and win some games there but they they have to improve this defense you're, you're right about that for sure mm-hmm couple teams that'll be looking to improve over the offseason uh, are going to be the Jets and the Redskins. You could get tickets to this game in the lower bowl for like $40. <laughs> I was going to say. There was nobody why? there. Uh, and apparently, um, let's see, it looks like the Jets won this game, <laughs> 34-17. to 17. Uh, Darnold had 293, four touchdowns and one pick. Le'Veon Bell had 59 yards on the ground and 33 through the air. Uh, lead receiver was Ryan Griffin who had 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, for the Redskins, Dwayne Haskins uh, continues to uh, try to improve. There, there was an interesting uh, video clip that came out from this game where he goes over to the sideline and goes over to his offensive line and is, like, begging. He's like, guys, what can I do to help you? I need more. And they, like, scoffed at him and, like, laughed at him and were like, fuck off, kid. And it was, it, you feel for a guy like Haskins who, you know, he's a rookie. He's just trying to make a name for himself. And these guys are totally phoning it in. So that's, that's unfortunate. Uh, Haskins had 200, 200 yards, two touchdowns and a pick here. Um, Adrian Peterson was not as involved as we've seen him lately. Only nine carries uh, because they were playing from behind the whole game. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, these are, these are two teams that uh, better luck next year, <laughs> you know, already. Uh, good to see Darnold, you know, even against a crap team, get the numbers back up. It, it would have been easily for his confidence to be ruined forever after that Patriots game a few weeks ago. But um, this is a, I think Darnold is a real player, and and the Jets have better days ahead. I think they're a lot closer than Washington right now. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, Darnold's come back the last couple of weeks and played really well. So good to see for him. Um, yeah, they're 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 still ways off, but there's definitely more pieces in place and. Uh, you know, a few moves here and there. I think they could be, you know, at least uh, maybe a wild card contender. The Redskins, there's there's really not anything on this team. Like maybe Terry McLaurin, um, but he hasn't played well recently. Uh, Darius Geis came back in this game and he had a 45 yard touchdown. So, uh, but he's looking to be. I mean, he's he was a rookie last year, rookie running back, and he has just been hurt ever since. So this is his first. Uh, I think his first NFL touchdown was in that game, and that's almost after two seasons because he hasn't played much. But that's about the only two pieces on this team. Otherwise, like they they really, I mean, they're 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 a tackle uh, all pro, like one of the best tackles in in the NFL. Uh, said that his helmet hurt when he put it on, and then he 
what, they they're not playing him now, like because he 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 refuses to play because he won't pass his physical because his his helmet hurts when he puts it on. So uh, so like he's he does yeah he doesn't want to play for the Redskins because he's t- come out and talked about how like their culture and like ownership and all that is just terrible. Like there's no one that's treated well and all this stuff. So um, he doesn't want to play for him and they didn't trade him. So um, but yeah, it's it, like that team is just a mess, a total mess. So. Um, hope for the Jets, none for the Redskins. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, this next one was America's game of the week, and it was it was pretty much everyone's game of the week. Uh, Houston at the Ravens, and it was not an entertaining game. The Ravens <laughs> just completely fucking ran over Houston. And if I wasn't a believer in the Ravens before this week, I am after because I watched this game. Seth, it, it wasn't close. Like never was it close. Like the Ravens uh-huh. from jump completely overwhelmed the Texans. And I predicted that their offense would be too much for the Houston defense, but it was way too much. Uh, (laughs) Lamar Jackson had 220 yards, four touchdowns passing, and then he also had 86 yards on the ground. Gus Edwards had 112 yards and a touchdown. Uh, He was the leading rusher. And Mark Andrews had a good game here, 75 yards and a score. Uh, Mark Ingram had two touchdowns. Every every fucking player scored a touchdown on this team. (laughs) (laughs) This was just a dominating performance, not only for the Ravens' offense, which we know is great, but the Ravens' defense held Houston to only seven points. Deshaun Watson looked completely out of sorts in this game. He finished with 169 yards and a pick, and he missed a lot of throws here. Uh, mm-hmm. Carlos Hyde had 65 yards and a score, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he seven catches for only 80 yards. They they needed more from him and from Watson in this game, but they made they made this offense, which is a real offense, uh, look bad. I mean, the, mm-hmm. Houston looked terrible in this game, and for me, you know, Seth, we start we start thinking about that AFC, and all season it's been the Patriots, and then a huge gap, and I don't think there's that gap. I, I would I would mm-hmm. almost say that the Ravens are my favorite team in the AFC right now because they completely shellacked a team that everyone thought this was going to be a good game and everybody likes Houston, but this was a beatdown, man. And I don't mm-hmm. know if there's an offense in the league that's going to be able to hang with Baltimore. Yeah, it's it's tough to to uh, to say, you know, that, that the the Ravens aren't the best team in the NFL because, like, they they just keep rolling over, over people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not only just the offense because the offense has played well all year, but now, I mean, now you see, you know, L- Lamar Jackson is, is mixing up the throwing and the passing and, or throwing and the running, excuse me. And so, you know, he's, he's playing extremely well. I mean, he, he's between him and Wilson, it's a tough call on who is MVP. And, and, you know, we haven't seen this close of a race in a, in, the, in a while for MVP. So this will be fun to watch and see who actually gets it. Normally you can call out every year, like who's, the, who the MVP is probably going to be. Um, it, it's going to be tough to say between the two of them who, mm-hmm. who it's going to be. So uh, if they continue this on, but that being said, yeah, the offense is playing. I mean, you, you look at their offense too. It's like, there's really not like Mark Andrews is just this big, huge fucking white guy. <laughs> like that's, he's not like yeah. this like crazy athletic guy, but he has been super solid short yard. He's always know, uh, dumb open. Like no one guards yeah. him. It's crazy. Yeah. He's he's a red zone guy. Um, he's he's perfect there. But then you know you have a rookie in 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 uh, Marquise Brown who's playing super well. But he's a rookie. You know, like the, this offense elevates people. Mark Ingram, who's been uh, you know kind of a backup the last couple of years in in New Orleans. He's and he was a former first round pick. But like he's never been great. Like he's having an awesome year. Gus Edwards is having an awesome year. Like he's a undrafted dude. Like there, there's this offense has made um, him better. 
uh, has made this offense made them better. These the, these players who are average on at best most of the time. Mm-hmm. Willie Sneed, he's another guy. Like these average guys, they're just making them awesome. Like Mark Ingram scores two touchdowns. Like it's just weird. Yeah. Um, well, and you can talk about if, you can talk about scheme and everything, and a lot of times that's what it's going to be pointed to in coaching. But it's this offensive line, dude. They're just running completely mm-hmm. the fuck over everybody. You can't even slow them down. Mm-hmm. You could hand it. And, you could hand it to their left guard and have him run behind the right guard, and they'd score. <laughs> um and i don't know if we talked about it if it was here or if i heard it somewhere but um the thing that like with especially with like quarterbacks like lamar jackson who are more you know um kind of like a dual threat type of quarterback is that they really designed the offense around him like they didn't a lot mm-hmm. of times they'll take these quarterbacks and want to just make them fit into the offense mm-hmm. or you know that they already have they designed everything around him and it's worked perfectly like coming into the season they said that their offense is going to be um they said revolutionary but in a way it kind of has been <laughs> like yeah. you it, 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 they they made these claims early on and we were all like you have lamar jackson like how revolutionary is it going to be and it's turned out to be fucking awesome like the best offense in the league right now um they they said they were designing it off of a college offense and changing up some things and it's all worked it's been crazy so it's cool to see for that on that end and then now like the last since they got marcus peters that defense has been super solid mm-hmm. Um, they have Earl Thomas back there too. You forget, you know, they have, they have one of the best safeties in the league back there too. So, uh, this defense is coming together. Like, like you said, I, I, you know, they might be the best team in the AFC right now. I, um, I don't think it's a stretch with the Texans. This is the story though, that, that we've seen all year. They have, they come off some great games and then they come out, they have some terrible games. Like they're, they're extremely they're like the Josh Allen of teams like some, some weeks they're some weeks they're amazing and some weeks they're terrible and so um you know like they it's hard to rely on them like that division I think until the end of the season is going to be completely wide open because some games they'll look amazing and then the next they'll be bad and so that leaves room for the Colts to come out at least the Colts are like consistent like just they're around the same level sometimes they win sometimes they don't but they're the same level of play every single week the Texans one week can look like the best offense in the league and then the next they score 10 points so like you just don't know with them yeah you really don't and yeah the Ravens uh I you gotta you gotta include Harbaugh in there as one of your coach of the year candidates um yeah those guys are flying out to LA next Monday and I'm I'm pretty worried, <laughs> pretty 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 worried about having to watch I gotta that say, one prime time. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I gotta be rooting for the Ravens on that one. Just uh, <laughs> just just for the Vikings, I suppose. Yeah, uh, just don't hurt them, Daddy. Um, <laughs> okay, let's go to San Fran here. Uh, the Niners, you know, another one of these teams that is doing it with with the run game. Uh, they win one at home against Arizona little little more convincing than the previous matchup 36 to 26 was the final but the game was pretty similar Jimmy Garoppolo took this one over he had 400 yards and four touchdowns he did throw two picks they didn't get as much out of the ground game this week um Matt Breida was missing from the lineup but Coleman and Mostert um just couldn't generate a lot against this uh, Arizona defense but Debo Samuel had a big breakout game through the air 134 yards uh he's really making a name for himself this season on the Arizona side, uh, it was pretty paltry. Not not big numbers here. Kyler Murray had 150 yards, two touchdowns. Kenyon Drake and Kyler Murray each had 67 yards, and Murray had a touchdown through the air. This is the same story that we told after that Thursday night game. Uh, the Niners roll on. This is a this is a game you have to win. Um, but for Arizona, this is a, a better showing, 
and and I think gives a lot of hope to Arizona fans on a go forward basis. They have their quarterback in Murray. He's that dude. Mm-hmm. Um, this defense is better than I think it's get credit gets credit for. It. They're giving up a lot of points, but um, you know they, they've been pretty good against the ground game. Uh, in both of these games against the Niners. And, you know, if I want to know how good a team is, I want to see them play against against good competition. And in their two toughest mm-hmm. games this season against San Fran, they've been in it in both games. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, they had a they had a lead in the fourth quarter of this of this one. So, you know, Arizona looked good in this. I think this is the toughest division in football um, right now, this NFC West. But for the Niners, they get to nine and one and Garoppolo is playing well. If they stay healthy, which has become a problem in the last couple weeks, uh, you know they're gonna have a chance to win their way into the top seed of the NFC, but they've still got to play. They've got to play LA again. They got to play Seattle again, and they've got some other tough matchups uh, before the season's out. So Niners are as good as they have been all season, but um, we're, we're they're gonna be tested in the next few weeks. I think that after seeing how Arizona's played the last few weeks, I think that they they've really found something. Like they they've been competitive, and they've it's like Kyler Murray looks outstanding he's really improved as the season's gone on um he just he has i mean one you see him run and escape the pocket and and some of these design runs and he you know looks very similar to, you know just not the same size but very similar to the way that like lamar jackson moves and kind of a similar offense in some respects so i think cliff kingsbury is figuring out the offense he brought over um, i think he's got himself another year as that head coach too just off of how they've played so far and and i mean anything's better than last year for the for the cardinals so i think he's he's got another year um, especially if that offense continues playing the way it has, because they put up points against some some tough defenses. Again, the Niners, who up until the last you know two games against the Cardinals, they they've you know given up like less than twenty points a game, and now you know the Cardinals have put more than that, you know, they, you know quite a bit more than that in a couple of game, in, in one of the games. So you know, like it's it's good to see that the Cardinals are playing well and and that Kyler Murray's playing so well. They got a lot of good pieces on that team, and I think. Um, but a little bit better defense and maybe another weapon or two. Uh, they're a real contender. But with the Niners, um, yeah, they 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 continue like when their defense doesn't play well, their offense steps up. And Jimmy G um, has looked good. Um, he does make a few mistakes. Like he he does look kind of gun shy sometimes, and that's when you see him, um, you know, make make some of those mistakes. Uh, he he doesn't look as confident as he did like pre the injury. Um, you know, like those those five games when he uh, took over the job when he was after he's traded there. Like he was always looking confident and sharp and uh, you know just very decisive. And and sometimes watching him, he can kind of be a little gun shy and just a little bit hesitant. And so um, you know it'd be it'd be good to see him get a little confidence more back into his game um, compared to like how he's playing a few years ago, but. Um, you know, it's tough with an injury, but uh, he stepped up. He's looking great. Um, you know, it's good that, that they got uh, Debo Samuel playing well now. And, and of course, Emmanuel Sanders was was uh, back and healthy in here in this game. So uh, they just need to get Kittle back. And I think they got themselves some good weapons on that team. So they'll still uh, they'll still be atop of that NFC um, race here, I think, in the in the coming weeks. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Kittle is a huge part of this team and a big gap when he's not there. So they need him back. Uh, Garoppolo, people forget this, myself included. Garoppolo has the same amount of starts as Sam Darnold. Uh, he, he's yeah. he's still very young as it as it you know as it relates to how many games he's played. He's he's 28 years old, but yeah. but um, mm-hmm. he's going to continue to make some mistakes. But he is he is really far ahead of schedule in terms of his you know 20 or so games that he's started. Um, so you know Garoppolo is only going to keep continue 
uh, to get better. And, and so will this Arizona team. You know, at three and seven and one, they're they're you know probably top seven or so draft pick, and they're just they're going to get some pieces probably along that line or on the defense. And Arizona's mm-hmm. got some really good days ahead. I think sooner rather than later. So these two teams will have an eye on for a while. All right, time to talk about the Raiders. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh man, these these might be like there are, there are obviously multiple coast teams, but th- these are the, these are the ones I'm most excited about. Um, Some would say too many coast teams. I I doubt I doubt it. Probably no one said that. <laughs> um, now the Raiders win here at 17-10 against the Bengals. You might have expected a bigger spread. Um, in fact, I think I bet the spread and they didn't cover. But um, Raiders look good here. You know, this is just a case they beat a team that's not as good as them. Um, Carr was really good in this game. 25 of 29. That's over 80 percent completion. And uh, 292 yards, a touchdown. He did throw a pick. Josh Jacobs continues his Rookie of the Year campaign, 112 yards on the ground. Uh, lead receiver was Tyrell Williams, who continues to have a pretty solid season. He looks like he may go over 1,000 yards. Um, but uh, Raiders, I mean, you don't really learn a lot about yourselves when you play the Bengals, but the Raiders get to 6-4. and four. They're half a game behind the Chiefs, and they still get to play the Chiefs. So this is a team that not only is on track for the wild card, which if the season ended today they would have, but they could potentially get this division. Um, you know, I'm really optimistic about this Raiders team. I, I stay that way. Uh, Bengals are trash. Uh, Joe Mixon seems to be coming on a little more than he was at the beginning of the year. He had 86 yards and a score in this one. Uh, Ryan Finley had 100 fucking yards and a pick. But So not much to say about this Bengals team other than that they're trash. And um, they're probably going to get the number one pick. But Raiders just continue <laughs> chugging along. They got some tough games coming up, but I like them. I like them for the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see about about the Raiders. I mean, I think I think they'll probably be more of a more of a wild card team at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just I would have really liked to see them come out and play better against the Bengals. Like they played fine, um, but I, the Bengals, like you said, are a terrible team. And teams have been really putting a hurting on them um, pretty easily, uh, and and so it, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen them come out and you know have a ha, you know have a multiple uh, score you know victory easily you know like it, this one was pretty close until um, you know l- later on in the game I think after the second half so um, you know it's it's you know it, it, I I would have really liked it. if I would be I'd be on the Raiders train with you if they would have came out and dominated this game but uh they still they still worry me a little bit especially on defense so uh we'll, we'll see how we'll see how they do there you go well maybe a week from now after they beat the crap out of the jets then uh maybe you'll be on the train then <laughs> i don't know maybe the jets win that i don't know we'll see uh let's go to another big game this is a big game on paper but it ended up being pretty fucking boring uh eagles and patriots and let's see here 17 10 was the final Patriots win on the road to improve to nine and one, and frankly, you know the the talk of this week is that this offense has not been very impressive. Now they've been dealing with some injuries, um, but Brady here had 200 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Julian Edelman had the only passing touchdown uh, on a trick <laughs> play. Uh, not a lot of running in this game. I, I think the Patriots thought that this was going to be a higher scoring game than it ended up being because they didn't they didn't go to the ground mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, Julian Edelman's a lead receiver, but with only 50 yards. So this Patriots offense, you know, all of a sudden this is a team with a historically good defense. But when you start talking about matching them up against the Ravens, like even even with that Patriots defense, they're going to have to put some points up, and they're not doing that right now. I have full faith that they will figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always seem to. 
but uh, they win they win seventeen to ten over this Eagles team that falls to five and five. Carson Wentz had two hundred yards and a score, uh, but not a lot of help. Uh, frankly, Zach Ertz was uh, was impressive here. Nine catches for 94 yards, uh, but they didn't get much on the ground here. I don't know what it is with Philly, man. Every time I get excited about them, they they have kind of a dumpy showing. Of course, it's the the Patriots in this game in the Super Bowl rematch. But um, at five and five, they are just a game behind uh, Dallas for that division. I, that's I think their only chance to make the mm-hmm. playoffs is to get that division. I don't think that division sends two teams. So Philly's still in it. Uh, I don't know. They just—they've got some guys, but I, they're just not seemingly able to put it together to get up above 500. They keep sniffing around that area. So I don't know. I don't know what you think of the Eagles, but the, this Patriots team—I think their concerns should not be in losing uh, regular season games. Like they're—they're going to win most of their games for the rest of the year. But I'm already looking forward to the NFC Championship game, as I'm sure they are against the Ravens, and they have some real concerns in terms of matching up against Baltimore. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they'll be fine. Like you said, I think they'll figure it out. They, the the Patriots, they they always have something like something that that you know you you see as a weakness for them, and come playoff time, like they always turn it around. You know, so you know maybe this is a year they finally don't. But uh, and and usually late in the season, um, you know, if you even just look at Tom Brady's numbers, um, late in the season they usually go more conservative they usually run the ball more and, and you don't see they, you don't see Brady throwing a lot so um I think they're going to be fine especially with the way their defense has played this year I, I think they're going to be be just fine um with uh with the Eagles I've talked about many times I don't like the Eagles I don't think they're a very good football team uh Wentz is, Wentz has played very well the last few weeks um he's made some really nice throws and he's looked good but like you said, there's not much around him. Um, the receiver, the his main receiver right now is Nelson Aguilar, and they brought back Jordan Matthews from like five years ago. So like the and even even like if they had their starting receivers, even if they had Deshaun Jackson, he's 500 years old. Um, he I, I don't think he's he's really got much left. And Alshon Jeffrey, injury prone, um, very inconsistent, and I've I've never thought he's an amazing player either. So I don't think the Eagles are a very good football team, especially defensively. Um, and you've seen with just a couple injuries on offense, they're they they can't do a whole lot. So um, I don't think they win the division. I don't think they make the playoffs this year. I think it's going to be a big letdown for that team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of big letdowns, the Chicago Bears have been just that. Uh, they lose to my Rams on Sunday Night Football. This is a game I was really nervous about. Um, but uh, I was really pleased with what I saw. The Rams get the victory 17-7 to at home. Rams go to 6-4. and four, Bears fall to 4-6. and six. Uh, This Rams team changed up completely their offensive strategy. They came out. They decided we're going to run the ball 25 times with Todd Gurley. So gone are the days of being conservative with his workload, it would seem. Uh, and he delivered. He had 97 yards and a touchdown. Uh, also had three catches for 36 yards. So this was a Gurley game. And the this Rams offensive line that has played incredibly bad all season uh, was really good in this against a tough Chicago Bears front. Uh, Khalil Mack was a non-factor in this because the Rams decided I, they did what I think I think Baltimore does a lot of this too. Um, they double team across the board and just get push, and so they try to create space between the ball carrier getting the rock and getting to the blockers. And Gurley has the vision to make that work. So you know they have more free runners, but Gurley can make those guys miss. Um, as long as the offensive line gets some push, so they had two two rookies on the right side of this line that got a lot of attention uh, from the uh, from the commentating crew 
on Sunday night, and and they were impressive. They came out and won. This reminded me of the Dallas game in the playoffs last season where they went just run heavy and won in a low-scoring game. Uh, Goff has still not been super impressive. He had an ugly pick in this one. But, you know, if this offensive line improves, uh, and hopefully this is an indicator that it will, hopefully Goff gets closer to back to his old ways and this team can be more of a threat than it has been because they're still very much in the mix. You keep mentioning, uh, you know, your Vikings trying to fend them off. Um, you know, with a with a Vikings loss and a Rams win, uh, they're going to swap spots. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Rams have some tough games coming up, um, but uh, they'll have a chance to get in it, I believe, uh, coming down the stretch because of the way the matchups look. But the Chicago team did what we've expected them to do over the last few weeks. Uh, Mitch Trubisky had 190 yards and a touchdown, but also threw a pick. They didn't get anything on the ground, um, only about 70 yards. Um Taylor Gabriel was a lead receiver with 57, but um, Trubisky gets pulled with uh, two minutes left in this game. And uh, after the game, it seemed like he was maybe injured, and and so he's mm-hmm. he's dealing with something. But during the during the commentary, uh, they didn't see that he was injured, so they just thought he got pulled, and no one was surprised. Everyone was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> of course you got to pull Trubisky." This continues to be the story. If you're this Bears defense, you're going to win a lot of games if you only give up 17 points, but not if Mitchell Trubisky is your quarterback. And this just further hammers home the point that you got to move on uh, from Trubisky. I don't think this is a playoff team because they can't score points. Um, and, you know, this game looked a lot sexier at the beginning of the season. Didn't end up being so sexy, but um, the Bears are – I'm writing them off. Uh, but my hopes for the Rams, I, I like the changes they made, and, and I think that they're going to have a chance to be impressive, but they have some tough matchups coming up, so uh, it remains to be seen if they'll pull it off. Yeah, I I mean, in terms of the Bears, they're, they're definitely a quarterback away from being something, especially having passed up on quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Um, but, uh, you know, with, with uh, actually, no, I don't think Lamar is, Deshaun Watson, that's who it was. Um, but regardless, they're they're not good, and uh, the Bears. I don't think they they have a whole lot of future. I don't know if they'll move on from Drabisky. Honestly, I, I think they might give him another shot just because of the, the first round pick. Haven't spent a first round pick on him. I don't know. Uh, the Bears tend to stick with quarterbacks for a while, but um, I personally hope they do. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you'd love but, for the uh, Minnesota to tee off on him every week. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. But you know, we'll see what they do with the Rams. I I don't know, man. Um, like I. I get the, where you're coming from with with you know the the type of win like against Dallas or whatever, but they they just haven't been like they just haven't looked right, especially Goff. Like Goff has been uninspiring, uh, especially after getting the big contract he's got. Um, he's been very uninspiring this year, and even like in some of their wins um, recently, anyway, he hasn't really you know lit the world on fire. And you know I, I think that that team. To, to really keep up with some of these other teams down down the stretch because like if Chicago had any sort of offense at all like I I think this would have been a much closer game right but they I I don't know I, I I just I think the Rams have taken a step back this year and I I don't exactly know why like you said you said like if they a few times right talking about if you know if they do this or if mm-hmm. they do that the last couple of years there hasn't been an if they with the Rams right. they've just been you know, a, a team, and I don't know exactly, you know, a great team, and I don't know exactly what is different, but, you know, with them this year. So I know a couple injuries here and there and a few lost players, but it seems like they kept most of that team and improved in some areas like J- Jalen Ramsey. So I don't know. You know, we'll 
we'll see with the Rams, but they, they make me nervous uh, as a team. I, I don't know how far they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm certainly nervous about this Rams team. They've got some gaps to fill. I think the biggest problem they have is that offensive line. Uh, so if it's playing better, I have faith that they'll they'll become a real team again. But this defense is going to keep them in games. They've been, over the past six weeks, I think, they're like the third-ranked defense. Uh, Aaron Donald is – and Aaron Donald always does this. He'll, he'll have kind of middling sack numbers through about week nine or ten, and then he'll just wreck everyone for the last seven weeks of the season because he's in better shape than like the offensive linemen that have been grinding for three months. So watch out for Donald to get back into that defensive player of the year conversation that everyone's written him off of. Uh, this defense is real, and it's going to keep him in game. So if they can get anything out of golf in this offense, they're going to have a chance in a lot of these games. Uh, so we'll see. They're, they're very much a team on the fence. Uh, even though they're my team, I'm, I'm nervous to see what they got uh, coming down the stretch, but I'm excited to find out what it is. The Monday night football game, another one I was really excited to watch. Uh, the Chargers hosted the Kansas City Chiefs in Mexico City. So one of those uh, one of those international games. And God damn it, this, these fucking Chargers, man. Because the char- if the Chargers had won this game, and they had their chances to, Oakland would be in first place right now. And do you know how long and loud this podcast would be? <laughs> Oakland was in first place. But no, the Chargers failed to do that. And here's the thing. Uh, Rivers had 350 yards and a touchdown, but he had four interceptions. And I'm, I'm going to come back to Rivers in a second. But uh, they get a pretty good game out of the running backs here. Melvin Gordon had 70 yards rushing. Eckler added 25. Eckler also with 100 yards receiving. And then uh, kind of spread it around from there. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, and Melvin Gordon all getting involved in the passing game. Uh, so and offensively, they, they did quite a bit in this game, uh, and certainly enough to win a lot of games. Uh, on the Chiefs side of things, uh, Mahomes was not fantastic in this game. He had 182 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Uh, he did rush for 59 yards, which was a big help, especially near the end of the game. Uh, but Travis Kelsey, uh, the lead receiver with 92 yards and a score, this, this, this was a Chiefs team that was beatable on this night, and the Chargers had an opportunity to do that. And the only reason, and I, I have figured it out, <laughs> and I, you may have always had the answer to this, but I just got it. The Chargers, even though they have a lot of really good players and they have a lot of good coaches, the reason they lose games, they've lost seven games all by less than a touchdown. And do you know why? It's Phillip Rivers. Like, you mm-hmm. lose a game by a touchdown and you threw four picks, it's your fault you lost. And mm-hmm. Rivers has been ugly. These are bad picks, like missing throws picks. And on a night in prime time where you could have beat the almighty Chiefs and moved back into playoff contention, Phillip Rivers has thrown seven picks in the last two weeks, including four in the last five minutes. Mm -hmm. And they had chances to win both of those games. If Rivers is effective in both those games, then we're talking about a six and five Chargers team that's in first place right now. But Rivers mm-hmm. has been the roadblock, and it's unfortunate. But it, you know, we're talking about moving on from Trubisky in Chicago. I think it's time for the Chargers to find a new quarterback, uh, either by trade or draft for next season, because this is a good team that finds a way to lose every week because they can't get it out of the quarterback. And um, it's unfortunate, but that's what the Chargers are right now, at four and seven. So still mathematically in it, but they're gonna they have a long road to hoe if they're gonna get back to the playoffs. For the Chiefs, uh, on a game in a, on a week where they didn't play well. They squeaked out the win. You know, good teams win ugly. I think there's a lot of question marks on this on this Chiefs team, though. Uh, this this defense has not been great, uh, even though they had all the turnovers in this one. But Rivers is handing it to them. Uh, Mahomes with some mediocre numbers, and they find themselves in a in too close of a game. Um, 
you know, certainly closer than they wanted it to be. I have concerns about this Chiefs team. Not not about them making the playoffs. I think they still do that, but I don't know that they win a playoff game right now. Based on the other stuff I'm seeing, they're they're not a complete team. They've got Mahomes and not a whole lot else right now. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see with the Chiefs. Um, I, I they definitely have more question marks since the beginning of the season. But I also think Patrick Mahomes is is kind of that that equalizer, and you just never know. You know what he can do. Um, you know on the football field. I know he didn't put up amazing numbers uh, through the air, but he was clutch on the ground. He he was picking up third downs left and right because of what he's his threat on the on you know on the ground. So you know if that becomes more, and this was his career high in rushing yards for a game. So like you know it, this could this could potentially be a new part of his his offense. Uh, you know, a new part of his game is is you know maybe they they do. Uh, you know, because they can't get much going on on the on the ground with the running backs. Maybe they have Mahomes go out more and and uh, you know kind of get the the defenses uh, guessing. But we'll see. I mean, obviously their their defense is is uh, is not great. So like they they're gonna have I think they're gonna have troubles in that department. So Mahomes is gonna have to play top notch back to the MVP level he played last year. Um, it was good to see Frank Clark. He had quite a few sacks against Rivers. A big reason Rivers didn't play well this week uh, is because he was being pressured so much by Frank Clark. But, um, you know, you, I, how much can you rely on, on him every single game? You know, the Chargers have a terrible offensive line, which is why they are able to get to him. Um, so, you know, the, the Chiefs do have question marks, um, a lot less question marks than teams like the the Ravens and the, and the uh Patriots so you know I think they've kind of jumped from what I was thinking is the best team in the AFC down to like the third so you know we'll see about them with with the Chargers they might even have an answer right now on on their roster and they have Tyrod Taylor as their backup quarterback he would be a better fit honestly as the quarterback I think right now I do like Tyrod he can move and that's that's always been the problem with (laughs) with Rivers he can't fucking move you could sack Phillip Rivers (laughs) like yeah uh, maybe Taylor is I I don't know I doubt they move off him but they've yeah. got a guy there who could play. You know what's funny? So up to the point last week, um, they compared Tyrod's numbers to Lamar Jackson's numbers when Lamar Jackson was the starter in Baltimore. Tyrod had better numbers than Lamar Jackson did. Um, you know, for whatever reason, Tyrod doesn't get the credit he should he should get no. as a quarterback well, because he's been he's been great. Wasn't he on when he's Cleveland had the before they drafted Mayfield? Yeah, well, the year that they they signed Tyrod and drafted, drafted Baker, and he had taken the bill, the shit shit bills to the playoffs the year to before. To the playoffs, yeah. Taylor yeah. never got what he deserved in this fucking league. No, and and so uh, yeah, so he that that year that he went to the to the Browns, he only played a couple of games, and then he got hurt, and then he never got the job back from from Baker. So that that's what happened, um, and then all that went down. But you know, I think he I and mean, he he's got a little older now, but. I I think he could be the answer at least for maybe a couple years to see you know what what he might be able to do because not only does he have he's great at moving around but he's got a good arm and he has put up a lot of numbers to the air so um, you know maybe maybe you know the Chargers will have uh, a little bit different looking offense here in the coming weeks if Rivers continues to throw four picks a game that would be interesting to see it'd be it, it's weird ever since I've watched football Philip Rivers has been the fucking quarterback <laughs> right. on the Chargers so that would be weird to see someone new. But uh, I think it's time. I think it's time for L.A. Uh, that's it for, for this week's games, uh, for last week's games, I should say. And we have, a give, we have to give a shout-out to listener Kyle Michael, who won Pigskin Pick'em uh, for week number 11 with 12 picks. He only missed two games this week. That's a, that's a pretty good performance. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James has the 
So Kyle, uh, if you go to our anchor page, leave us a voicemail. You can say whatever you want, and we will play it on next week's show. So uh, congrats on the win. Uh, Seth and I both got beat, and it doesn't matter in what order. So we move <laughs> on. <laughs> we move on to uh, looking forward. We're going to look into Week 12 now in the NFL, and we're going to start with a game that has already happened. So uh, let's let's flip back time here so we can talk about the Thursday night football game. Well, we're going. We don't need roads. All right, this is a, a, an excellent matchup. I'm really excited to watch a lot of this game. Houston on Thursday night is going to be hosting the Colts. Uh, so Texans and Colts both are six and four, tied at the top of the AFC South. This is a big game when you talk about implications going forward because the, the Colts won the first matchup. And so uh, if they win and get the head-to-head tie break, uh, certainly puts them in the driver's seat for getting that division for the rest of the year. Uh, difference here is that the Houston team is favored by three and a half points at home. And this was a tough one to pick. This is almost a coin flip for me. Um, I ended up on Houston minus three and a half. Uh, I have to believe they bounce back from that Ravens game. And I think you're going to see a big game out of Deshaun Watson here. Um, but it's, it's strictly that psychological assumption that I'm making. Um, Cause I think, <laughs> I think these are two pretty even teams. Um, but uh, give me Houston at home. How many times this year have we had to say, I think the Texans will bounce back. I think we've said it a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't, I'm not a huge believer in this team. Um, I, I, they, I think they maybe win this game, but I think it's going to be close regardless. I think it'll be within three and a half points. So um, I don't think they win, but if they do, it'll be close. So, but so I'm taking the the three and a half points for the Colts. Ooh, all right. So you're on the Colts. I'm on Houston. One of us is already wrong, uh, but there are some games that are yet to come out yet. So let's let's recap the games that are coming up uh, starting on or not recap. Let's preview the games that are coming up starting on Sunday. It's coming right for us. All right. Let's start in Atlanta, where all of a sudden the good Falcons are hosting <sighs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Atlanta is the favorite by four and a half points at home. I I just don't buy it yet. I, I don't. I, I This Atlanta team I don't think is so good. Um, certainly not good enough for a four-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, maybe they win this game, but I think it's close. So I'm, I'm going to take Tampa plus four-and-a-half. Um, Winston left the game with a little bit of a limp last week, so I'm hoping that he's fully healthy um, or that the next guy can throw it to guys on his own team. Either way. Um, but uh, I'm going to take Tampa plus four-and-a-half. I, I think the Falcons are more what we saw a month ago and less what we saw last week. I'm taking the Falcons here. I think the the uh, with how bad Winston has has been, um, I think getting pressure on him is makes him even worse. And I think that's that's what the Falcons are doing right now. Uh, they're they're just creating pressure, getting to the quarterback. I think that Winston throws another four picks this game, um, and I think that the Falcons win this handily, just like they have in the last couple of weeks. Ooh, I like it. Atlanta Falcons suddenly good. They're playing themselves out of a draft pick right now, though. <laughs> I just think the Bucks are terrible. So I, I they, this is the the least of the competition they've played. So yeah. I think that the the Falcons. Uh, I think they have this one. Fair point. Both teams three and seven. Uh, Denver is also three and seven, and they're traveling to Buffalo, who is seven and three. The Bills are favored at home by four and a half points, and I am going to take the Bills in this one. I don't feel great about it because every time I try to rely on the Bills, they fuck me. But uh, I am going to take the Bills minus four and a half at home against Denver. I got. I think I'm going to take the Broncos on this one. You're impressed uh, might by be what a little you saw against the Vikes. <laughs> it might be a little recent. I mean, they they talked about many times. Broncos have a great defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the fourth ranked defense going into that game against the Vikings. So uh, fourth ranked overall defense. So like 
regardless, I think this game will be very, very close because we've talked about the Bills don't have a great offense, um, especially they, they tend not to show up as, against good defenses too, especially. So I think this will be close. Do the Bills win? Probably. But I think it'll be um, by probably three, four points. So it, with that logic, I'm going with the Broncos, uh, the four and a half points. Right. So far, we disagree on all three. I'm loving this so far. <laughs> uh, let's go to Chicago. The uh, the Bears are are hosting the New York Giants, and the problem here for me, Seth, is that the spread is six and a half points. And I don't care yeah. how bad the Giants are, I'm not I'm not eating six and a half points for Chicago against anybody. So I'm going to take the Giants plus six and a half on the road here against the Bears team that I don't think is going to score enough to win by that amount. Well, we had a good streak going, but I agree with you on this one <laughs> um, for the same for the same reasons. I, I take the Giants. Yep. Uh, let's go on to Cincinnati. Uh, the Bengals are hosting the Steelers here, and they're, uh, the Steelers are favored here by six and a half points. Um, th- this is right about the line for me. Uh, I wouldn't take it if it were any more, but I am going to let you keep the points, and I'm going to take the Steelers to cover. I don't have a lot of faith in this one because the Steelers' <laughs> offense has been very bad, but uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I, I think they can squeak out a touchdown victory over Cincinnati. Um uh, what do you say? I don't know. I, I so I'm taking the, I'm going on the other side. I'm taking the Bengals. I think my logic with this one is, you know, Ryan Finley didn't look great, but he didn't look terrible either. Um, he made some plays. He's mobile too. So I think the offense has just run better. Um, yeah, I guess in this last game, and then ever since Joe Mixon has gotten going, the offense has run better. And I think they played surprisingly well against the Raiders, who the Raiders who have a much better offense than the Steelers. So. I think that this one's going to be closer than than uh, than what people might think, and I think that uh, I'll take the six and a half points for the Bengals. All right, let's go to Cleveland. The Browns uh, are going to host the Miami Dolphins. Browns are favored by ten and a half points here, and again, it's the same thing. I I don't believe in this Browns team. I I mean, I've been talking for for how long? For a, a month, calling them. I can't put I can't give up ten and a half points against a team that I think is a loser like that. I if the Browns get going on offense, I could see this becoming a blowout, but I'm gonna take ten and a half and uh and put it on Miami and say that this one, even though I think the Browns will win, I think it's closer than that spread. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think that's just too many points. I know that the Browns have looked better, but the way they've looked better is by playing, you know, a slower paced running type of game and so the way that how the, the the way that the Dolphins have played and have played tough um, I think this will be a close game because it'll be a, you know a primarily ground game uh, for the for the Browns so I don't think they're going to be blowing out the Dolphins by any means yeah um, quick point for folks who are really stoked about Cleveland after they've won a couple games in a row uh, Cleveland exactly one game better than the Buccaneers and the Falcons. So just put that in context. The team you think is really fucking great and going to make a playoff run right now. Um, the record is not showing that so far. But anyway, let's go to Washington. Jeez, uh, speaking of. There is it. There is it. They, uh, they are going to have the Detroit Lions come into town. And the Lions are favored by three and a half. I think they're going to cover that, dude. I, I like the way Driscoll played. We already talked about mm-hmm. Washington. This team has given up. They don't fucking care. And I think yeah. Detroit runs away with this one. Yeah, I, I don't think that the they are giving the the Lions as much credit as they should here. I think the bread, the spread should be uh, longer than, or bigger than this, just based off of what we've seen from the Lions. The Lions have played super tough. Driscolls look good. Even if Stafford were to come back in this one, um, then you have Stafford back, so they're going to score more points there too. So yeah, I like the Lions in much more than three and a half points. Yep. 
Yeah, may, that might be one of my uh, that might be one of my bets. We'll see for twenty years in a little bit. Uh, another one of mine is going to be Oakland. They're traveling to New York to play the Jets. Uh, Oakland's favored by two and a half points here, and uh, I'm this is maybe more wishful thinking than anything because Oakland's one of my teams. I think they're going to assert themselves and, and win convincingly against this Jets team. Um, and yeah, f- well, for one thing, I don't think the Jets are very good. But uh, this is a chance for Oakland to really put it on someone and show that they're, you know, an even better team than, than we saw after their win against the Bengals last week. So Oakland by, I don't know, 10 points. <laughs> well, you don't have to do that part. So you don't have to <laughs> worry about I that. Only, have to, only two and a half? Like, that seems like an yeah. easy one to me. Yeah, that, this seemed like they were this kind of recency bias for the Jets because they have put up a lot of points the last few weeks. Um, but they also put, in, like, put up points against some bad teams. So... Um, the Raiders are a better team than what they faced. I think that the Raiders do have this one handily. They'll win by more than a field goal. Mm. Uh, let's see. New Orleans, they are favored by nine and a half points over the Carolina Panthers who are coming to town. I actually just switched this pick as I looked at it because I was going to take the points and Carolina. I'm going to go ahead and take the Saints to cover. I think this is a team that after last week's win uh, is feeling themselves again. They have a healthy Camara. Uh, Michael Thomas is still playing out of his fucking mind. So I think there's a lot of points going up in this game. And Kyle Allen has looked bad often this season. So I think that uh, Saints defense will take advantage. I think this is a big win uh, for New Orleans. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think this. I think the Saints are, are back after this last week. Uh, they've they've gotten back to to that rhythm after the bye. So uh, the bye the previous week. So uh, and then the Panthers, you know, they've kind of come down on them a little bit the last few weeks. So yeah, I'm going with the Saints on this one. All right, we go to Philly. The Eagles, it's a bird matchup. Uh, Eagles are hosting Seattle Seahawks. And the Eagles are favored by a point and a half. I I don't know who, I think someone put the wrong number in the wrong box here. Uh, I'm getting a point and a half. And Russell Wilson, I'm taking it every fucking day. Yep. I, I agree with you on that too. This one seemed weird. So yeah, I'm, I'm going with the, going with the uh, Seahawks. All right. Uh, Tennessee Titans are going to play against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Titans here are favored by three and a half. And, uh, you know, they just, they're coming off by, they didn't play this last week, but they've been playing pretty well. They've got the offense going with, um, with Ryan Tannehill the last couple of games. So I like them to win this game. I think it's going to be a pretty good game. I think the three and a half spread is, is the perfect number, but give me the Titans to go just over that. Um, so keep the points and give me Tennessee at home. I agree on that one as, as, as well. The Titans have played better uh, since Tannehill's been in there. Um, the Jags have been very up and down, and I think they're still trying to figure things out with Nick Foles uh, as quarterback again. So, um, And it's a little bit too late in the season to start figuring things out So, uh, in terms of that aspect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm going with the Titans on that one. Here's an interesting game. I'll definitely be watching this one. New England Patriots versus Dallas Cowboys. They're going to play this one at Foxborough. Uh, Patriots are favored by six and a half. And this is another one, you know, I've seen this Patriots offense the last couple weeks. Um, and even, even in the games, if you take away the games against like the dump teams where they've won by 30, uh, they've just not scored a ton of points. Dallas's defense is, is real, if not great. Um, I'm saying, I agree that they're not great, but they're, they're a real defense. Um, and I think the way Dak and, and, uh, Elliot have been playing, uh, specifically Dak though, I think they're going to get enough to keep this close. I think the touchdown spread is too wide. So give me Dallas plus six and a half. Yeah, I agree. I think this will be close. I don't know if it'll even be a matter of like 
you know, the Patriots um, or that, that, that the Cow- the Cowboys defense plays well or anything like that. I think this just might be a matter of, uh, like you said, the Patriots haven't been putting up a lot of points. Uh, they're playing more running running style football. And I think that's the same, the same that the Cowboys play generally. So I think this will be a, a pretty close kind of like just down and dirty running football game. Yeah, very well. Could be. I'm going with the Cowboys. I like it. Uh, the second in a slate of great, primetime games this week uh we have the packers going to san francisco this is a huge game for playoff seeding implications and for both of these two teams who are clinging to small leads in their divisions so i know you'll be watching this one rooting for the niners here they're favored by three and a half i'm gonna take them here because i think that they're the home team for one uh, i think this defense is going to be all over aaron Rodgers, and if you can get him uncomfortable uh, as we've said on this show before, that's when he can potentially make some mistakes. Uh, and I think that this Green Bay defense is not going to do enough to slow down the Niners. You know, they're either going to run them over. We saw the Chargers run the fuck over the Packers when they beat them in that game. And I think the Niners are just going to run up, uh, line up, and plow them down the field. So uh, I think the Niners by three and a half. Uh, I'll say, go ahead and take your points and give me San Fran. I hate to say it, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I think the Packers win this game, unfortunately. Um, I, I I don't know. I just think, I mean, the Packers are coming off a bye. They also, um, and I know I've used that logic a lot this year, and it hasn't been that way. But I think just with, I think this is, I have a feeling about this one. I, I, and I don't really have anything quantifiable to say, but I just have a feeling that this this is prime time on the road. Uh, I feel like this is going to be a classic Aaron Rodgers, just like, he owns this game. I think it's going to be a signature Aaron Rodgers win. I hate to say it because I, I hate the Packers and I would love for them to lose. Um, but it's a Sunday night. Chris Collinsworth, Al Michaels calling it. They're going to, they always blow Aaron Rodgers to the, abs- to the fucking ground. They, they suck him till he's dry. So. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, that's nasty. <laughs> so I, they do love him a lot though. They, they, they constantly talk about him, but I think I just think this is going to be one of those games. I just have a picture of Aaron Rodgers there at fucking Levi Stadium, just with a dumbass grin on his face, pumping his fist like he does. <laughs> um, I think the Packers win this game and kind of cement themselves as maybe the favorite in the NFC. Oh, that's a bold statement. We'll be talking about that next week, I'm sure. Uh, let's go to Monday Night Football. My LA Rams are playing host of the Baltimore Raven. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rams are getting three and a half points here. See, you gonna do here's it? what happened, Seth, is last week Last week, you talked me into betting against the Rams, and they won. And so now I'm all stitious, and I'm going to go ahead and take the Ravens. I, I think that if, you, if I look at the X's and O's and I'm honest with myself, the Ravens are a far better team right now. I think their offensive volume is just going to be too much. And if they put up 24 points in this game, I don't have a ton of belief that the Rams offense is going to be able to do the same. So... Um, I'm a little bit, well, I'm just happy to see that the spread is this close and that Vegas has given the Rams some respect. But um, <laughs> I, I think that it's more likely that the Ravens control this game. But if the Rams really do show up and play their best game so far this year, I think they have a chance in, in this game. And uh, it would be very great a great win for them to set them up for the rest of the season. But if I had to play the probabilities, I, I'd have to take Baltimore in this. Yeah, I think the I I I think that L, uh, Vegas is giving them too much credit. Uh, I think this should be more of a, a 
larger spread <laughs> than three and a half. So I'm going with the Ravens on this one. I think that they're just a much better team, uh, and we'll we'll uh, win this one handily. I think. I hope not. It's it's it'd be one thing like I've seen everyone. It's like. You know, um, you know when Rocky is getting ready to fight Drago, and they keep showing him clips of him killing people. Like that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's been the highlight tape for the Ravens the last month. Is like, oh, watch Lamar Jackson completely embarrass NFL players. <laughs> By the way, he's coming to LA. Like, it's—I don't—I don't even know if I want to watch it because uh, of the, the potential for embarrassment on primetime. I just wish—I wish it was a fucking one o'clock game, but oh well. Anyway, those are the uh, those are the fourteen games. On the slate, uh, one of the final. I think there's maybe one more week of buys after this, but uh, after that, everyone's playing. So th- no, is this the last? I think one? this is it. I think it is. Oh, okay. So uh, your Vikings. Yeah, week twelve is the last. Your Vikings are resting. They'll be back in two weeks, like we said against Seattle. So looking forward to that. But um, yeah, pretty good slate of games. Fourteen of them, and uh, hopefully, I'll I'll do picks can pick them better this week, and we won't have to listen to Kyle's dumbass for two weeks. In a <laughs> but uh, yeah, those uh, those are the games coming up. It's coming right for us! And we haven't bet money on these pigskin pick'ems, but if you do want to make some, you're going to want to listen to Seth's bets. Here comes the money! Here we go! Money talks! Here comes the money! All right, so Seth, you talked uh, while we were going through the games here about a couple of spreads you didn't agree with, so I, I feel like you've got some picture pretty confident in this week. Yeah, I saw something I do like. Um, last week, I forgot to make my bets, so I don't have any results. <laughs> but I do know from the ones that I talked about on the show, I would have gotten maybe one of them. So it's a good thing I didn't bet this the, week. Uh... <laughs> but for this upcoming week, yeah, we, we mentioned a few. I really like that Cleveland-Miami, the 10.5 for Miami. I think that's just that the they're just giving Cleveland too much credit there. So um, we talked about the Oakland uh, Jets, the minus three for Oakland. I like that. I also like the over for this one. Over-under is only 45.5 points. Oakland has put up about 30 points a game ever since the bye. The Jets have put up over 30 points a game the last two weeks. Um, Oakland doesn't have a great defense. The Jets don't have a great defense. I think this is going to be a 50-plus point game um, uh, in, in this matchup. So take the over in that one. Detroit versus Washington. I like that 3.5 points for Detroit. Minus 3.5. I think they win by more than that. And then we talked about Philly and Seattle. Uh, I think getting a point and a half for Seattle, uh, I think they're going to win this game straight up. So... Um, yeah, taking the getting the point and a half for them is is a good choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like all those picks, and thank you for not making the Rams one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, if you're in a place where you can legally uh, bet the games, then take Seth's picks to the bank, and uh, if you lose, then he'll pay you back. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. I did the sounder so you wouldn't have time to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> all right well the money noise means it's almost time for us to wrap the show up but before we go we got to give you one more thing but i'm down to one more, one more thing have you watched a lot of monday night football not really no okay so you might not realize uh i have booger i have a love-hate relationship with booger mcfarland that's that's my one yeah. i i I, I really like his attitude. I like his voice and the way he sounds, but he says some dumb shit like a lot. And that's, uh-huh. that's the problem I have with Booger. And I, I'm curious, I guess my official one more thing, is <laughs> I want to know whether or not people agree. Like, I want to know what, what the public thinks of Booger McFarlane, because I, I, I don't know. Just, just from what I've seen on Twitter, I don't think a lot of people like him. Okay. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Cause he, you know what he does is he'll like, 
He'll go, a uh, couple safeties sneaking up in the box, better run this play like Tony Romo does. Except the difference is that Tony Romo's usually right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Booker is emphatically wrong like a lot. And I haven't seen the statistics to back that up. But just in watching anecdotally, because I've watched a lot of the last couple weeks of Monday Night Football. And mm-hmm. I like Booger. Like he's one of those guys. Like I want to be. I would be friends with him. I don't. I. I think his takes are often stupid. Um, and he says some dumb shit on the analysis. So I'm struggling to watch Monday Night Football. And now I have to watch him commentate my Rams. Uh, and if the Rams are getting beat by 30 and Booger McFarland saying dumb shit about him, I'm going to be livid. So yeah. watch out for well, watch out for that next week. <laughs> You, you know you know how I am about commentators. I get very upset at them sometimes when they say stupid things or wrong things. Um, Charles Davis is for one. Oh, and I love so, Charles Davis! <laughs> and uh, so the Vikings play Monday night games, not this coming week, but the next week, and then like two weeks after that. So I'm going to be very upset if the Vikings are losing because I'm going to have to listen to, like you said, Booger. And then I also have to listen to the, um, the, the play-by-play guy. I can't remember Tessitore. his name. Yeah, he's the, he is, his, just hearing him talk, makes me so fucking mad because he he is he is he is the the commentator for the 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 um the boxing games the fight nights ea fight nights and so i would get so mad at that game because i would lose and so like just hearing him talk about me getting knocked out constantly just pisses me off inside my head so um i don't like listening to him talk plus i should feel like he him i should hear him say uh, like Johnson gives him a left hook and not like Johnson throws for a touchdown. <laughs> like it's just weird. To, it's weird to hear him talk about football. So I, I heard him talk about boxing so many times that it's weird. Yeah. So um, I don't like that. I don't like the Monday Night Football team. It hasn't been I, good in a while. It's weird man. to me. I don't, I don't know how yeah. they can't fill that job. I, I don't. I guess ESPN's got so many other fucking A jobs that this isn't one of them anymore for whatever reason. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, maybe you mute it and uh, listen to Paul Allen on the Minnesota Vikings radio network. There we go. That'll work. <laughs> Um, well, my, my one more thing kind of has to do with, with Monday Night Football, just for the fact that Monday Night Football was played in Mexico City this week. And so if you remember last year, that was supposed to be the site of the the Rams and Chiefs mm-hmm. game that you know scored a billion points. Thank God it didn't, because that game would have not scored as many points as it did, because the field conditions are garbage. Um, last year, the game was canceled because of field conditions. And this year, we saw multiple people fall down in this game, like a lot. Tyreek Hill had a hamstring injury because of the field conditions. Like, this, don't, I, I'm tired of international games anyway, because you lose a home game. Like, the home team loses a home yep. game. That team loses revenue. You lose that home field advantage. Like, just none of it makes sense. Like, put, if you want to have te- games in, in those markets, put a team there. Sorry. I mean, and, and you're not going to do that because, like, the travel logistics doesn't make sense, especially in London. But, like, it it just doesn't make any sense. You're Now you're putting your players in jeopardy. Because they're going to play a game there next year, too. You're you're putting your players at jeopardy now. You're putting your star players like Tyreek Hill in jeopardy because the field conditions are bad. It's, and it's not just, you know, the, the one incident from like, like, it's proven now. Like, this field is made for soccer. Like, they talked about it last year when they canceled the game. Like, this field is made for soccer. The weather conditions aren't good for football. Uh, football fields then they they do concerts and all kinds of shit in there that ruins the field condition don't play there people are going to get hurt you've ruined the game quality i i guarantee that game would have been a higher scoring game if they played on actual turf just doesn't make sense keep your games if you're if you're playing an nfl game a regular season game for a team they sh- if it's their home game they should play at home I, it just doesn't make any sense 
I agree with you. The Rams keep doing these and losing home games. And I think it has to do a lot with what market you're in, right? So, like, Jacksonville doesn't sell out, so they don't mind going over. And they may end up making positive. But, yeah, I agree. And as a fan, too, like, I'm trying to go to Rams games, and there's one less of them that I have an opportunity to go to, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, I get the frustration, uh, and especially if the field isn't going to hold up, that's that's horseshit. Like that should be a one. Yeah. So yeah, I, and it's it's unfortunate because Mexico City should work really well because just where it is, uh, as compared mm-hmm. to London. But uh, the London games this year have been good. I think they're getting better about the travel and and getting the players yeah. ready and it being a real game. You know, in the past you could count on it to score ten less points than average because they retired from going to London or whatever, but they're getting better, but, but I'm, I'm with you. I, I've, let's just put all fucking 16 games every week in, in the U S part of the normal schedule. And, you know, or put a team there or put a team. There. I, I would love to see a European yeah. team. I don't think it'd be that tough. If, if they, if they put a team in Mexico city that they put up, they built a, a stadium specifically for them. They had a real football field and not a soccer field. Like they, that would make sense. Fine. Play all your games there. I don't care. <laughs> just like, the thing that's just the most dumb to me is you lose that home game, and I get what you're saying too. Is like you, you know, it's some teams. Some teams will go there to like the Vikings will never play a home no, game there. Neither will the Packers because they sell. Yeah, exactly. Like the game quality, like has been better, I guess, in terms of like getting the players ready. But you're never gonna get a real marquee matchup there because teams aren't gonna give up their home, their home, uh, their home home game, the the revenue from that. So like you're never gonna like you'll you'll never see the the chiefs and the patriots there right like you're never gonna see a really big time matchup there so just for me it just doesn't make sense like stop just stop yeah i'm in i'm in agreement with you or that or just you know send the jaguars and browns there every week so i don't have to watch that game yeah (laughs) well i think a rumor i think a rumor was that the jaguars were gonna move to london and be a london team they do have a lot of fans Um, there yeah so i don't know that would be that'd be interesting who knows the future of the nfl is likely international and We'll see. We'll see what happens. But at the very least, get the fucking grass right, folks. And um, <laughs> when your grass is right, get someone else to commentate besides Booger. <laughs> but I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, that'll do it for this week's SoCo Sports Show. Uh, make sure that you're subscribed wherever it is you're listening so you can get new episodes of this show every Friday and episodes of the main show every Thursday. Uh, make sure you check out our sponsors. Link to them in the description box. And also link to the Pigskin Pick'em. Congratulations to Kyle, who won this week. Uh, You'll hear his voice on next week's show. Uh, If you want to pick alongside Seth and I, it it doesn't matter that you haven't been doing it all season. You can join anytime. And um, if you beat us, you can get your voice on the podcast. So uh, hit the picks, hit the links to the sponsors, and uh, keep on coming back to uh, the SoCo Sports Show and the regular SoCo Show every week. Uh, For now, though, that's going to do it for us. I have been Coco Rabbit. He has been Seth Ott, and we will see you next week. Sports. And boom goes the dynamite.